with Rashad you're here with the prophets here with another episode another sermon man and uh we got announcement you know this is our first time being on 12 ounce sports radio uh it's a very very exciting move man oh yeah very exciting man we want to thank 12 ounce radio for even welcoming us aboard man yeah it's gonna it's gonna be fun I think we're gonna go in this I mean put it in the right direction uh we coming at you with you know best the best of basketball the best of football takes uh you know we gonna get to know y'all. Y'all y'all get to know us. So it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a fun ride. You can still catch us on on the Twitter at Preach Kev Preach. You can catch us uh, on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure you, you you hit that Google search and we'll we'll pop up. So uh, Rashad, man, uh, it's been a it's been a good week, man. Sports, man. Oh yeah, very very exciting weekend, man. We had uh, the Nate Diaz fight where they got stopped. Um, I watched the Canelo versus um, Kovalev fight. I watched that. I enjoyed that. Then, of course, we had all the college football stuff, the NFL stuff. So it was a, it was an action-packed weekend, man. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's get right into it, man. And first, we're gonna start off with, let's start off with the New York Jets. Uh, you know, they lost to the Dolphins. They gave Dolphins their first win. You know, they Dolphins came out and Gatorade bath. Brian Flores and his first NFL career win. It took all the way to week nine, but, you know, he finally got it done. Uh, 26-18, the Jets didn't look good at all. And, I, we, you know, we've been talking about the Jets for, you know, a good little minute and talked about how, you know, whether we like the Gates move, whether Donald's the right guy. So, you know, through nine weeks, we got, I think we got a pretty good sample size of, of, of what's to come. Yeah, the Jets, they're just not in a good space. Um it's it's been a disaster from opening week, you know, with they brought Gates on, they had a GM conduct the draft, fire the GM, you play week one, you lose to the Bills, then after that, Darnold gets mono. So the Jets have just been in a bad space all the way around. They've had guys going down with injuries like Mosley on the defensive side. So the Jets are just in a really, really bad space. Yeah, to to me, it's it's kind of crazy though, because Adam Gase, outside of that, you know, a couple years of Paint Man and being, you know, great, I'm, it's like, what what has he done so much to 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 roster such, you know, to get anywhere he wanted to get fired from a job and and get another head coaching job? While you got the McCarthy's of the world, he got fired. Coach Aaron Rodgers, and you know, he didn't. I don't think he ever got second or third interviews like that. But Gase, but Gase did. And for Gates to be an offensive-minded guy, we we talked about this with Dan Quinn, why he should go because the Atlanta defense is not good. So the same thing for the Jets. Let's, let's look at the offense just in nine weeks. Yes, he had Luke Falk, so we can kind of you know, you know, it's it's kind it's kind of skewed a little bit, but but still still again, if you are that offensive-minded guy, we've seen how Sean Payton can do with with a, with a backup. We've seen what Andy Reid has done with Matt Moore as a backup. So Adam Gates. They're dead last in points per game at 12 points per game, so less than two touchdowns. Only 66 rushing yards per game. You have Le'Veon Bell. You pay all the money for Le'Veon Bell. You're 30th in rushing. And in passing, 
dead last again. And, you know, Darnold played three games. This is even including the Darnold game against the Cowboys. Um, so this is – his offense is not good right now. Uh, and, and my question to you is, should they fire or move on from Adam Gates? They probably should just because it's so much, it's so much turmoil from all the, the trade speculation with Jamal Adams, Bill, Robbie's name was thrown out, plus another guy. So it's probably best to move on, but I would do it after the season. I wouldn't fire this guy during the middle of the season. Um, and it could be a case of he just needs a little bit more time too. Like I'm, I'm 50-50 on it because it's almost – I don't want to say it's – inexcusable to lose to the Dolphins, but it almost kind of is because they've been so terrible. And then you went and lost to this terrible team after getting a good win like you did versus the Cowboys. But I can't kill them too bad because in the games they have had Darnold, um, they played the Bills, uh, lost 17-16. Close game. Um, Darnold didn't have a lot of passing yards, but completed 68% of the passes. Uh, of course, they beat the Cowboys 24-22. Um, that was a 338-yard game, 71% completion percentage. Um, he was terrible against New England, but through the first seven weeks, who wasn't terrible against them? <laughs> right. Um, that was his ghost, ghost seeing game. Uh, they played the Jags, which was I thought would have been a winnable game. Darnold, Darnold played well for the most part, but three interceptions is just unacceptable. And then of course this, uh, you know, this past game against Miami. Uh, Stat line is okay, 69% completion percentage, 260 passing yards, but one TD, one interception, and an interception was freaking terrible. So Man. I'm not I'm not <laughs> sure if it's just, you know, that they need to move on from him or he needs more time. It's, I, like I said during our um, AFC East preview, I want to see where they finished up ranking in stats. I, I say anywhere between six to eight wins would be okay. I just kind of see one. I just kind of want to see where they rank at the end of the season in like all the offensive categories. And of course, we're gonna eliminate the stuff with Trevor Simeon and Falk, and just kind of judge them on the Sam Darnold games. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So the, yeah, these numbers are, are are skewed to that. So you you have, you have to take that to like. Um, but I'm I'm very I'm I'm really not impressed at all for the Jets overall. Like, you know, from the like you said about the GM stuff like that, and you know when you when you're a new GM, you want to pick your own guy. And you know you're pretty your your job is predicated on the team's success, and if you don't have the guy in there, you need to get the, the right guy there. And um, you know I'm I thought Adam Gates would would be okay with him and Sam Darnold. I thought you know it, it makes sense to put an offensive minded guy with a young rookie, uh, you know, two year quarterback in Sam Darnold. But it's like it's like ah, man, it's just I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't like the Le'Veon Bell edition. Um, you know, you know us. We don't like to pay running backs. We don't think they should. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not good enough to get paid, but it's like they're they're so easily replaceable. And he didn't. He's he's not over here making the impact that we thought. Adam Gates has never used the running backs to that you know effectiveness anyway. In all his uh, all his places he's been, like think about like Miami last year. Like we've been saying free Drake for so long. He goes to Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury and like the superstar. Like. So he he doesn't really use the running back. So you know I, I don't know if that was that was more the last GM versus Gates wanted him. But you know with his name being in the trade deadline, obviously you know Gates and the new GM is not is not up for up for him being there. So um, I think they made a mistake on that. 
you know, uh, trying to trade Jamal Adams, you know, that's kind of crazy. He, I, I know Jamal Adams is not Aaron Donald and Tom Brady level. I don't know what he thought when he was saying all that. But he is in that st- like that, that star tier that he shouldn't be talked about in discussions, you know, trades unless – I guess unless you get blown away by a crazy, crazy offer. But if nobody coming with two, three first-round picks like they got for Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville, you know, I, you know, I'm not listening at all. But this this team has got a long way to go. They have an easy schedule because the AFC East this this year they just had the easy schedule of Patriots, Bills, all of them. So we'll see if they can turn and right the ship. Uh, I know we, you picked up Sam Donald Dynasty because I mean the matches are too good for you know for for them to be this bad. So he didn't really have a great game against Dolphins. So we got to find out when that game is going to come in. Uh, maybe Washington, maybe somebody else, Cincinnati or something will pop up and they can take take care of that. Yeah, weeks nine through fourteen, uh, Darnold's schedule is pretty easy, so he should put up some decent numbers and get back on track. Again, like he still has a small sample size. He played one game, went out with Mono, came back, played good against the Cowboys, and now he's kind of just been mediocre the last few games. You know, somebody who's kind of glad he probably didn't get, go to New York. It was Anthony Barr. <laughs> he signed a big deal. I mean, he he may would have made a difference, but it's like. From what he saw the, at the trade deadline, he probably dodged a bullet there. I mean, I would rather talk about the Miami Dolphins because, like, I'm glad they got yeah, a win um, because Brian Flores, um, he's coaching those guys up big time because if you look at most of their games, the first half, they'll be in it. But when you have Rosen, who's not really that skilled – well, I don't say he's not that skilled. He's just not up to par with what you need to be right now. So – when he was in the game after the first half, they would normally just, you know, they're just done. Like, they're, they've are they gassed out. They've reached their potential, and they just can't continue anymore once the second half adjustments get made. But at least with Fitzpatrick, a proven vet, he's moving the ball, and he got him a win. And the only only bad thing about, you know, after the win, uh, Preston Williams is out for the season. So, the promising rookie. Uh, I mean, obviously, you you can say he was one of the best. I mean, outside of Terry McLaurin from Redskins, he was probably one of the best receivers at rookie uh, from from rookie's standpoint this season. He's gone. Mark Walton has been suspended for four games, so like now your start running back's gone. So now Kalen Balaj is back to being your starter. Uh, I mean, it's it, it is you know Miami has a long way to go, but we know the assets that they acquired over this past season. Uh, or going to pay dividends at some point, got the most cap space going into next season. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to say that both teams are one and seven, but uh, but we had I have way more faith in the Dolphins uh, with Brian Flores, the direction they have a direction they want to go while Jets still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I put on Twitter over the weekend, Dolphins, will they get the first pick or not? If they do get the first pick, they should have their eyes on Chase Young. And then, depending upon how that Steelers pick falls, maybe trade up and go try to get Justin Herbert. So then, so then you have your QB of the future, and you will pretty much have a loaded defensive line. Or let's just say, with this win over the Jets, maybe they get a few more. They don't get the first pick. Maybe go ahead and add somebody else to your secondary since you lost Minka, like Dale Pitt from LSU, and still try to get you a QB. Well, another thing they need to do is they need to draft an offensive line. <laughs> uh, so hopefully the second and third rounds they can they can use all those extra picks to to, to acquire that uh, a, a lot of holes. But yeah, Brian Flores, I think him, I think they they're gonna get the, the ship right. Um, I like I said, I trust them more than I trust the Jets. So we'll we'll see how how that goes. 
Uh, if we stay in the AFC East, uh, New England Patriots, you know, your, your team undefeated playing the Baltimore Ravens Sunday night football. And, you know, it, I think it was a tale of three games. I think, like, the Ra- the Patriots were asleep to start the game off, and then and then they woke up, and then something happened in the second half, and then, boom, the game was pretty much out of hand. So, yeah, yeah, like a game of swings, uh, game of runs, kind of like in basketball where the, the Ravens started off hot, Patriots came back, and then the, the Ravens finished it off. So, uh, what was your what was your take on the game, man? Uh, I really can't say the Patriots woke up. I kind of feel like it was just – circumstances kind of benefited them with that Mark Ingram fumble and stuff like that. I still kind of just fell in their lap because they were down like 17, nothing like just got smacked mm-hmm. early. And I think, I think it was more of Belichick is too smart. Um, I know when Lamar plays team for the first time, he normally does pretty good. And then in the second game, he doesn't do as good, but I felt like Belichick didn't want to show all his cards because he knows down the line, the Ravens could be a potential matchup because their defensive schemes were just basic. They didn't do anything special. They didn't do any special blitz packages, anything like that. They were kind of just letting the Ravens have their way. And then once that um, that Edelman fumble happened, I felt like they kind of just mailed it in after that. They really didn't produce much in the second half. Yeah, now this this uh they kind of got away from – you know, running the ball, then yes, Ravens are one of the best teams to stop the run. They have been for the past few years, but you know, you, you still have to lean on that because, because like you said, your quarterback is, I mean, yes, it's Tom Brady. Yes, he's the GOAT. This is not the prime Tom Brady. And you, you know, especially not the offensive line that he usually has. So, you know, when you got guys coming at you, Judon and all the other guys, Pierce and stuff, you, 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 you have, you have to find, you have to find your, your weapons and outside of Edelman, you know, you got the you got the consistency in Sanu. Um, Dorsett has been playing good this season too, and you know, always can count on James White. But d- will they will they have that will they have that star that you know that, that can that can take over? Because you know, Edelman most likely mostly the, the the underneath guy. But you know, back in the day when Randy Moss and you had Gronk, you had the, that down the field threat. Even when Josh Gordon was there, um, that's what that's what in that game it seemed like they, they missed that like, they didn't have that. Big playability. Yes, Dorsett has stepped up into that role, but can you? Can, I mean, I mean, I don't think I can count on him, you know, consistently for a whole season, especially deep in the playoffs. Where you know whether you know that that's the guy to go to. But you know, when you have the consistency of White, Sanu, or Edelman, it seems like it's enough. But I think I think they they need that 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 uh that big playability guy, and you know maybe it's Nikhil Harry, uh, coming IR soon. Um, or who, or whoever it could be, um, but they need something, and that was that was that was my biggest takeaway. Is like they 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 need that big play guy. I wouldn't say they need it just because Dorsett can be that guy. Like he was a first round pick for a reason. Edelman's consistent. Sanu's consistent. You have Watson, who's a proven vet. James White, he knows that system in and out. Um, I just thought just. Their game plan, I felt like they just mailed it in. You had Burkett carried the ball four times. Michelle carried the ball four times. Michelle, over the last couple of weeks, he was getting 15, anywhere at minimum 15, 16 touches. And then now he only gets four. You know, there's no way he should have got the same amount of touches as Burkett. I mean, all the, the stats about the Ravens, good at stopping the running, you know, stopping the run, stuff like that. That's cool. But I felt like, 
they should have ran the ball. If you think Lamar is this elite, outstanding, dynamic quarterback, how do you limit him? Keep him on the sideline, you run the ball. So they should have did something, you know, something different. But I still believe it was just a, a Belichick thing of we'll, we'll just come out, show a little bit. We won't show everything. If we get the win, cool. If not, it's for we're still the top of the AFC right now. Yeah, it probably wasn't the best of Josh McDaniels. I mean, you know, I think he's a top five center play caller in the league. But, you know, like you said, they got away from the run early. Yes, they were down 17-0, but you have plenty of time. It's only it's early, early in the second quarter. Uh, now, yes, like you said, it was handed into them like the – the the punt return the punt return that he called he fumbled the ball and the Ingram fumbled back to back like that will that will got him back in the game so quickly but you got to think you know Ravens who knows if they go down and score again um, but you know it it, it they could have they very well could have but um, the two fumbles brought did bring him back in the game but you got to think the Patriots defense has been reliant on turning the ball over all year long um, uh, the punt the punt return is probably pretty di- different because that's that's more on him but you got to think you know getting good angles on the running back for Ingram and uh, making him fumble was, was pretty good. And the, the the Ravens got it back. It just so happened that they turned theirs into touchdowns. And like you said, that after that game was, game was pretty much sealed, but you cannot, you cannot not run the ball. Like you, you have to run the ball. You, you have to put, like you said, keep Lamar on the sideline. And, and that's probably the best. I mean, as, as of right now, that's probably the best way to, you know, stop him because we know Baltimore, they're going to run the ball. They're going to eat clock, and that's what that's what they want to do. Um, <clears throat> another thing, another thing I took away from it was this Patriots defense. They're, I mean, they're against the run now. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is different, but Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, they was pretty much able to get what they wanted. And this is back to back weeks where you have Nicholas Chubb. Uh, you know, he was balling last last week too against the Patriots. So, you know, it's. I'm not going to raise no flag on it, but we need to watch this a little closer about the Patriots' uh, run defense. Pass defense is going to be there because you got the best corner in football. You got good schemes to blitz to the corner, uh, blitz the quarterback. And uh, but can can if, if a team can do both, I guess be balanced at both. Uh, that's probably you know that's going to be your best way to, to 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 beat them because if you can run the ball effectively against the Patriots, you know maybe maybe because you know what New England would have a lot of a lot of cover zero plays. I think it was like they just had nobody, no safety in the middle of the field because obviously you're not scared of Lamar Jackson throwing like that. But if you can get gas one-on-one matchups like that, you know, we gotta we gotta think, you know, we gotta look at it a little closer in the next few weeks. Yeah, I've been saying that's their weakness. It's a lot of right, teams' yeah. weakness. Yeah. Stopping stopping the run is a lot of teams' weakness, and I mean, I guess I won't say the Patriots got exposed because. This is really their first time facing an elite running back. Still, just no one did much. Con didn't do anything. Uh, Dolphins, they don't, we don't know who their running back is. By, really. by, so, elite, by elite running back, you because, mean Lamar Jackson, or you mean Ingram? Because they had, I mean, look at the Dolphins. They had what Drake then. Now they had Belize and Walton. So, and then the Jets, they didn't have Darnold. So, of course, you just key in on Bell. Um, the Bills are still figuring out the Singletary, Gore, TJ Yeldon thing. Redskins, I don't even think they play AP then. And then the Giants were missing Saquon. They played Jets again. And, of course, so the first elite running back you saw was Nick Chubb. And then now you have <laughs> Lamar. Uh, two, two, two top 20 running backs with Lamar and Mark <laughs> Ingram. So, 
you know, this is their really their first time. They're back to back weeks they've got tested against the run. So I feel like it's always been a weakness. It just when you actually play elite running talents, it kind of opens up some eyes of like, well, maybe they aren't that good at this. That's true. Now we talk we talk about Lamar Jackson, you know, being a probably a top five running back in the league. Uh, you know, you know what I want. I want to. I want to just, I'm say this point to you, and you give me your, your feedback on it. But so I looked at another quarterback that gets scrutinized a lot, and probably because of the team he's on, or maybe. Or maybe just because his contract situation is up right now, and that's uh, Dak Prescott, right? So I went through look at the first fifteen games. So because you know Lamar, all Lamar Jackson we, we talked about when they played somebody for the first time, he 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 wins, he's undefeated. So and he only played uh, Browns again, Chargers um, twice, Bengals twice, and there was one more other team, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs. But he only two against the Chiefs, two and zero against the Bengals, and then he won and one. Uh, Against you know against the Chargers and the uh, and the Browns, so he played the Patriots for the first time. So he's he's twelve and three as a starter for his first fifteen games, and Dak was thirteen and two. So Lamar Jackson is a sixty-two percent completion percentage, while Dak was roughly around seventy percent. Uh, Dak had a five more touchdowns and four fewer interceptions in a passing yard game. Dak was averaging fifty more passing yards per game. So at that point. You you remember everybody kept saying, "Oh, it's only because he got Zeke, it's only because he had the offensive line, it's only because he had you know he had Dez Dez you know the rookie his rookie year Dez was still Dez Brown was still pretty good, and you know he still had a good defense blah blah, and nobody wanted to give credit to that at that time about he's being you know he was all this and all this, but yet Lamar Jackson is getting all this love, and it's more because he's more electrifying in the run game so. When it comes to quarterback play, you know, we still haven't seen that from Lamar. We saw against the Dolphins. whoop de do. Everybody gets off against the Dolphins except Sam Darnold. But um, what are your thoughts on that? It's like, it's like, why, why, why are we, why are we seeing this? You know, this, this high praise of Lamar. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's a bad player. He's a great player. But from the quarterback aspect of throwing the football, that's, that's where I want to see him at because once again, he had like 16 carries in another game again. And you know they're they want to do that. They want to run the ball like that because the offensive coordinator used to coach uh, Kaepernick, uh, used to coach uh, Robert Griffin. So it's kind of like you you got these guys who mobile, but it's like all he all he's seen to do is run the ball. Well, I guess it comes down to part of it's branding because the Cowboys are I won't say known for having quarterbacks like legendary quarterbacks but I think some of just branding because we see Dak as more of a thrower and the Cowboys are already bonanza so naturally anything you can criticize the Cowboys for whether that's Jason Garrett whether that's Zeke shenanigans whether that's Dak's contract Dak's performance whether that's Jerry Jones speaking out not speaking out making jokes cracking jokes uh when they had Greg Hardy or they're, right now, they have all these guys that like, get trading for Amari Cooper, guys on the contract. I feel like just whatever you can do to keep the Cowboys in the headlines, good or bad, it's a race bonanza. So, you, of course, I feel like Dak will naturally get more criticism. Um, that's why when he wins, uh, it's because of Zeke, it's because of the defense. And when they lose, it's all Dak's fault. That's just kind of how it goes. You have to keep, you know, you just kind of have to keep spinning narratives because the Cowboys are a. Ratings bonanza on TV for games, 
and on sports talk shows across Fox Sports, across ESPN, across whatever network, they are a big brand. Now, Lamar, on the other hand, I think he was drafted last in his QB class of the first round. So because of the questions about his throwing ability and things like that, could he make it in the NFL? And even though he's not really answering those throwing questions, he's winning. So as long as he's winning, people are going to say, hey, whatever he's doing is working, you know, cool. But when they lose or he has a bad throwing game and they lose, like, to that effect, that's when the questions will start coming out. Like, all right, well, we knew he couldn't throw all year long. That's why he lost. Like, it, it'll kind of be like an after-the-fact thing for Lamar. It won't be a constant week to week to week of, is he the answer? Can he get it done? No, that that, that makes that makes a ton of sense. And look, look at the teams he lost to. Uh, they, they played for the second time. Chiefs, that game earlier this season was a blowout. Yes, they made it look closer on the scoreboard. That was a blowout. The Browns game turned into a blowout. Uh, the Chargers game in the playoffs was a blowout. Uh, so, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like once you know how, how, how to beat, you know, once you play him and once you realize his speed, I think you have a better success the second time around. And, and that's what we've seen. So, um, to that point of, you know, Bill Belichick, how you, how you say he's holding the cards, Yes. So, what what is he going to do in the future? Hopefully, you know, I'll just send I'll just send three. Really, I mean, it's, you know, just blitz three and and have everybody else contained and ready and ready, you know, ready to attack because I I don't I don't blitzing him all the time can be smart, but if he can get out, there's nobody to catch him because he you know he he is that electrifying on on the field. So I wonder what Bill Belichick is going to do. Uh, I I thought he was going to give us the keys to uh, locking Lamar down. Uh, right the way, but if you go hold it for the playoffs, hey, that's fine. That's fine too. Yeah, I feel like they nailed it in because I'm the average person probably can't name any Ravens receiver. I mean, we know Hollywood Brown, we know Mark Andrews, but who do you know outside of that? <laughs> people don't really know who Willis. People people don't really know who Willie Sneed is, or who Seth Roberts is, or uh, Hayden Hurst, guys like that. People don't really know who those guys are. So I feel like. Well, the obvious thing to do is to make Lamar throw the ball because he's not the most accurate guy, you know. So I just feel like the Patriots kind of mailed it in, you know. Even though his completion percentage is 64 for the year, I mean, well, when you played the Dolphins, 17 out of 20, um, I think he played Bengals, he was 21 out of 33. You know, certain games like that, you kind of just getting easy stats. But when you played the Chiefs, 50%, he played Seattle, 45%, now of 20. And then against the Patriots, he didn't have to do much. So, of course, his stats look good, 17-23. But it's like only 163 passing yards. Like, that's not going to get it done. That's just not going to get it done. Um, and he is 10th in uh, rushing yards currently. Top five running back. I mean, outside, outside of McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, you know, your Saquon and Zeke, who would you rather have run the ball? <laughs> like the the him, you know, and I think it's like some crazy stat when he get over fifteen carries, they undefeated. Like when he run when he runs the ball, he, they they can't be stopped. Which I mean, like I said, it's hard it's hard to stop that read option. It's hard to stop the 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 mixed direction plays where you, you still worry about Ingram because he's still a good football player. So and then you know it it, it is hard hard to worry about it. And the thing about it is, it's like okay, we have to make him pass the ball, and if teams can get a lead on the defense, I think that's why. Harbaugh then went out and got Peters. They they made you know they 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 wanted to keep CJ Mosley because you know they realized that we 
we keep our defense good, keep the game low scoring, Lamar can do the rest. But when it gets to those shootout games, the the Chiefs and the, the, when, when Phil Rivers got up early in the playoffs, they didn't have no answer as far as throwing the ball. So um, that's that, that's really my only, like I said, my only knock on him is is that, and that's his position. So he will have to do it at some point. And uh, we, we play New England again, which probably going to be in Foxborough. What are you going to do then? Yeah, my last thing on Lamar is passing wise. People who are fans of the Ravens or fans of Lamar, I don't dislike Lamar. I think he's a good a good guy, good quarterback from a running perspective. But passing wise, he has to improve. But I, I'll be my own devil's advocate. Somebody might say, "Well, look at like a guy like Derek Carr. Lamar's only thrown twelve last passes and only behind him by like a hundred sixty yards." That's fine, but Derek Carr is more accurate. If you need Derek Carr to win you a game, he can probably get it done throwing the ball. Like when a team goes prevent or you have to make a big play, I would trust Derek Carr throwing the ball more than I would trust Lamar throwing the ball. That's what I mean by he's not a great passer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not hating. Yeah, cause you, you always take this as, as hating, but it really constructive criticism because at some point he's going to have to make the passes. He's going to have to make the plays and. I mean, yes, yeah, so we can we can also knock the GMs or the Ravens for not getting enough talent on, on the receiver end, but you know, just you still you still gonna have to do something because most most of the guys don't don't have the Julios and the and the and the uh, D Hops of the world. So you have, you have to make what you got go. So we'll see. Yeah, because Lamar does have more passing yards than Jimmy G or Jacoby Brissett guys like that. He does have more passing yards than them. So you know, kind of like. People who think you just criticize him for the heck of it, they're like, well, look at those those things. But at the same time, those are guys, you know, I would trust a Jimmy G or Jacoby to win the game throwing the ball more than I would trust Lamar. That's Which they both is. have proved that this season that they can do it. So, you know, we, we seen, we've seen it happen. So, yeah. Um, Stay in the AFC, man, we've been talking about this. So, basically, all right, so for everybody who don't know, we both picked the Steelers to win the division. Uh, this is b- before Big Ben got hurt. Um, this is this is before a lot a lot of things really. So we both had that happen. I had the Ravens getting as my wild card, while Rashad had had the Browns getting in. So Rashad, I'm, I'm coming to ask you now. They are what I think two and two and six, two and yeah. six right now. Are you still in on the Browns, or are you try are you try, are you trying to back out right now? No, nah, I'm going to ride with the Browns until the very, very end. I have to – I mean, I have to just see it through the end. Like, I don't – only team I want to bail on, which we already did, was Jacks winning the division. But I won't bail on the Browns just yet. I'll, I'll just see it through to the end because they could get hot, win all eight games, which probably won't happen. But it's possible they can win all eight games and still get the 10-6 and six and be a wild card team. So I won't bail on them just yet, even though Freddie Kitchens doesn't look good as a head coach. Uh, Baker's looked terrible all year. I mean, this guy, I'm not sure what the issue is, why he doesn't trust Odell, or he just doesn't want to throw it to Odell. But, I mean, Odell clearly beat Chris Harris on the route. He's calling for it. But Baker still chose to go to Landry, who's covered by two people. (laughs) Like, like, that's just ridiculous. Baker has thrown only, only one touchdown in every game. Against the 49ers, he didn't get anything. He had zero touchdowns, two picks. Um, but in every other game, he's only had one touchdown. Like, that's terrible. I mean, you got to throw more than one touchdown. You can't have seven touchdowns and 12 picks. I mean, last year, he had 27 TDs 
and 14 picks, and that was over the course of that 13 games he started. You already have 12 picks, and you're only eight yeah, games in. That's kind of bad. That's kind of bad. Now it's it's it's, it's kind of sound like you got you got a little more investment in this because your dynasty you got Baker Odell Beckham and you need you need more touchdowns and he can't he can't give you that with only one and that's not gonna help. I mean, at, at the pace he's on, he would have sixteen touchdowns because he's pretty much getting one a game. So he would have sixteen touchdowns and he has twelve picks through eight games. So you would say sixteen touchdowns and twenty four picks. That just that's just not. If he continues the same pace of what he's doing, on averaging basically one TD and two picks, that's just not going to. Twenty-four picks—that's that's just <laughs> that's that's oh my god! I you know, we when you sit there and watch when you sit there and watch Cleveland, you we we said this the the way the the way the Cleveland wins the game is through Nicholas Chubb. They're about to get Kareem Hunt. He's on the way back. He will play this upcoming weekends. Uh, that was Fred Kitchen said. So that's you know that's another dynamic playmaker man that that's, that can come on this field. You have to. It, it's like it's like all right. So let's take it like this. Do do what do what the what you know during the Vikings four game win streak they was doing. Like Kirk Cousins won the, what Player of the Month. But think about what he did. He put the ball in Diggs' hand. He put the ball in Cook's hand. He got the ball to Adam Thielen. He got the ball to Irv Smith and all them guys. When Baker's when Baker when Cream Hunt comes this week, it, they need to find whatever it takes to put like quickly get the ball in their hands. Get the ball out of your hands. Get the ball in Chubb Hunts. Order Beckham Landry as fast as you can, uh, you know, because one, it can limit the turnovers. When you put the ball into your dynamic playmaker's hand, you saw what happened with Order Beckham when he, when he mossed uh, Harris and took off for like, you know, like 20, 30 yards after that, spinning around, making the guys look silly. You put the ball in, in superstars' hands, good things usually happen. I mean, rare, it's a rarity that, you know, they fumble or something happens, but one on one, who can really, I mean, talent wise, who can stop Order Beckham? It, it, is, is you can't really name anybody, so you they got to get the ball out of his hands as best they can instead of trying to hike the ball and let's just like you said double coverage on Landry or throw the ball down the field. Man, let's 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 get this on the base. Let's let's hit they have slants coming across. Let's hit running back screens because Cream Hunt, you know, yeah, he, he he was good in the Reed system. So let's let's go watch film on Cream Hunt in Kansas City and let's take Andy Reed's plays. I mean, you can do that, you can you can scheme up some plays like that and get the ball into his hands because. You got to find a way to to get Baker's confidence up because you know hiking the ball three seconds later he's running for his life and thinking somebody's coming to get him and you know we talked about Sam Donald seeing ghosts Baker's been seeing him for since week one so um, I, I I think his confidence right now is shot he got he 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 keeps that, that ego that I'm still a big man but deep down inside you know it's not there. The Browns really just miss Hugh Jackson. That's that's a, yeah because that's sad to say but you're right. You 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 yeah you actually right. They they miss Hugh Jackson and they also miss Greg Williams, two guys who have been around the NFL block for a while, have head coaching experience. That's what you need. Freddie Kitchens is in way over his head, and that's kind of affecting Baker. He's in over his head yeah. right now. It, same thing for uh for the defense coordinator Steve Wilkes. You saw what, you saw what he did in Arizona, and you know he he's if if Freddie Kitchens is running the offense. He's run, he's controlling defense, and you know, outside of having stars like you know your Denzel Ward and your Miles Garrett, I mean, what else, what else what else the Browns defense done? You know, they let Bradley Allen in his first career start. You know, no offense, seventy five yard touchdown catch like off a off a little drag like it's not even it wasn't even nothing special like a little drag gone to the crib, 
Fiddle Lindsay going to the house untouched, 30 out of the middle. You know, it just, it's just, though, it's like everything is like what's wrong with the Browns. The Browns are still browning. And, you know, when we talked about the AFC North uh, preview, so hey, guys, you can go back and listen to that on the podcast. Um, that was my biggest concern is, is the coaching. And I don't like Kitchens. You know, we both kind of wanted McCarthy or at least somebody with some kind of experience, but. You know, Hugh Jackson and Grant and and uh, and Greg Williams were in the right direction for these guys. Even Todd Haley, I know, I know Todd Haley and, and Hugh bump heads, but I mean, it it finally was work going to work. Like, and, and you know, John Dorsey they had the patience and they finally got rid of it. But it's like they they turned a corner, but then they stopped and they they kind of regressed a little bit. So they luckily they have a good schedule coming up. But you know, ho- you hope it. Well, Baker and the Hugh probably wouldn't have worked. They yeah. were clashing from the beginning, so they probably wouldn't have worked. That was probably doomsday from the beginning. But at the same time, their main issue is accountability, and that falls on the coach. He has to be able to hold guys accountable for silly penalties. You got to be able to pull Baker to the side and tell him to cut down the freaking turnovers. Yeah, he so to to be on pace to have twenty four interceptions. You know, I don't even remember the quarterback who ever had that before because you can you can bet before that happened. You know, what I'm saying like, uh, you know, he he's gonna enter. I mean, yes, it's only year two, but we we look at all the quarterbacks in that draft class. Like Josh Rosen, you he get a good excuse because he had bad offensive linemen, he had bad, co- you know, he had two defensive coaches as his head coach, uh, thrown into the fire. You got Lamar Jackson. And he got the offensive coordinator to do what he does best. Uh, same thing for Josh Allen, and you know Sam Darnold. I mean, his only his only excuse is mono. So, you know, what is Baker's excuse right now? I guess you can say offensive coordinator change, but he was clicking when Freddie Kitchen became offensive coordinator. Um, you know, last season. So, um, like you said, accountability is probably a big part of it, but it, it got to be something. It's, it's it got to be something deeper going on that we that we haven't seen. Yeah, that lock that locking was probably a miss because they're not they throw it to Odell, but they're not really just. I don't want to say you got to feed him. You got to feed him. This dude, like, like he you got to like he's too he is too talented to not like just trust him. Like, hey man, if I see you one on one, I'm gonna go to you. Why not just 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 trust it, man? Like this dude that's made so many acrobatic one handed catches. He has some of the best footwork in the game. He has a breakaway speed. It, Odell is, I always said in my opinion, he if he wasn't number one, he was number two behind A. I mean, he, but we're not. He he's he's but complete. Man, he's, he's a complete player. Like you, you really can't like you, if you stacking up every rating of what he can do. I mean, there's there's nothing that's that's in the B range. Like everything's A. So you, you're right. You got to You got to trust him. You can't. You can't. You you can't have games where Landry gets more. I mean, obviously. The schemes matter and what defense does to you, but if they're gonna leave him on an island, you can't be scared of Chris Harris when you have you know Odell Beckham. Not not one on one. Now they have said say that over the top. Okay, I, I understand that, but if it's one on one, man, Chris Harris is Chris Harris, but Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham. So yeah, Julio's like six three, six four. Odell is what five ten, five eleven, and like That's, he's just as dynamic as Julio right. Jones. Yeah, true. So I mean, so you, you, he don't have, he had no excuse. So. Baker, whatever it is, man, you got you you got to turn it around. You got to turn it around. So, uh, they're two they're two and six, and we'll we'll see if they can turn it around and, and help help your help your uh you know wild card prediction out right there. Um, the Steelers though four and four, 
if they if the Ravens had lost that game to the Patriots, we'd have been talking about something different about how as bad as Pittsburgh was, they they're still here. And we talked about this a while back. You know, when we put them on the panic meter, it was like, okay, can they win those games that's coming up, with, which was the Colts, the Chargers, and uh, the the Rams coming up? I think so. They they beat they beat the they beat the uh, they beat the uh, Colts this past weekend. Probably you can debate. Probably should have lost it. Ben and Terry missed the field goal, but he been missing kicks all week. I mean, all year. So it's not like it's a a big shocker. So he he didn't miss kicks all year. Uh, they they defeated the Chargers or they, they lost the Chargers. Uh, the Colts beat the Chargers. I think no, the uh, the, the Steelers. The uh, Steelers they beat the Chargers. Okay, so yeah, that's right. That's right. It was like a it was like a. Uh, was it Doug Hodges? I want like the backup third string or something came in there and dominated the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. yeah they, 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 they beat the Chargers like twenty, I think like twenty three seventeen, twenty four yeah, seventeen, think, something yeah, like I that. The Chargers came back in the game, made it made it closer than what it was. But yeah, so so the Chargers won the one of the two games that we were talking about. Could they win? And now they have another one against the Rams. Now, if they can if they can beat the Rams, you're talking about a completely different team that, that all of a sudden went from zero and three. Everybody talk about how bad, how bad, you know, trading the first round pick was a way to, they're going to make the playoffs, uh, you know, in the, in that conversation. And you got the Colts losing to Kobe Brissett, uh, this, this past week for maybe for a little while, but they they have they have a shot to, you know, still get this division, which, you know, I've been saying the Ravens probably just going to win it by default because of how bad the Browns were and how bad the Steelers were. But now the Steelers are turning it around, they're back to five hundred and. Only two games back, and they play them. So you know, Pittsburgh still got to see them. So they they write their own destiny, man. And um, that 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 is big signs because we we believed in them because of the defense. We believed in them because of the head coach. Now we didn't we didn't we thought we can you know depend on Big Ben and not Mason Rudolph, but still they still find ways to win the game. The defense is, you know, I I would say since they first three games they've been a top five defense, you know, up there in that range. Um, so. What do you see from the Steelers, and uh, what do you think can you know can happen coming up? Um, I haven't wavered on. I still think they will win the division, and once they get to about nine and seven, ten and six, I still have them at ten and six, just based on their back end schedule. I still think they'll get to ten and six, even though mid season I have Kyle Shanahan as the coach of the year. I think when it's all said and done, Pittsburgh gets to ten and six. They're probably a three seed in the playoffs. I want to make sure. I hope Mike Tomlin gets the coach of the year. You know what's crazy? A lot of people want to. A lot of people be always ask for his job, like every single year, when it, when they don't beat the Patriots or something bad happens, they always want to blame Mike Tomlin. It's always it's always Mike Tomlin's fault. Always Mike Tomlin's fault. And we sit here right sit we, we sit here right here all the time and say he's a top five coach. So I don't know what you know what teams see or, or what people see when looking at Steelers. And if, I guess there's more fandoms, you know, saying that they want to replace the coach, but. You know, Mike Tomlin can turn. I I, I trust in him to turn anything around, and I, I'm, I'm not gonna say I faded on the pick, but it's like I don't want to have to rely on Mason Rudolph for so long. You know, for a whole you know for a whole season. Now, I don't think he is the guy. I don't think that you know. I I think the Big Bang injury was kind of a blessing um, to them because they can still win without Big Bang. Yes, it's not that. It's, it yes, you know, stars are stars, but you can win without stars. Uh, you you know you might not be a Super Bowl caliber, but you you can still win games. Uh, I don't think Mason Rudolph is the guy. Um, I I think Pittsburgh needs to go out and get another quarterback. 
do 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 you trust him? Uh, you know, obviously for the rest of the season, but going forward as a career, if if he is the guy to you know succeed, Big Ben, uh, you know, do you, do you you think he think he can be the right guy or 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 what? What does it take for me for me to get on that bandwagon with you? Mason has shown flashes, um, but ultimately they may not go with him. But he's shown enough flashes where I would consider it, just because this is his first time starting, so he still has to get used to NFL game speed, um, and like he, it's it's a big adjustment for everybody, you know, because Juju's moved to the one instead of being the two. Then now Connor's out. Mason's starting for the first time. Mason got knocked out. So it's been so many things going on. But Mason has shown flashes. Like when he's hitting those deep passes, being accurate, like he's shown some flashes to where you feel like maybe there's something there. And then he's also shown some things where maybe there, maybe there is nothing there. Because even Vance McDonald, he was out for a little bit. So this is really a small sample size. But by the end of the season – I think we'll know if Mason is the guy or not. But overall, for this season, the Steelers are a really good team. I, if you as once you exclude that New England game, they've been in seven winnable games, and they did win for them because that that Seahawks game, they could have won that game. They scored. They were down twenty twenty six. So about five minutes to go. They just couldn't get the ball, but they couldn't stop Russ. They couldn't stop Carson. If they could have got the ball back. They could have probably got a field goal and won that game. Um, the 4 9 game was, was winnable as well. They did beat the Bengals. That Ravens game was winnable. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Dolphins, of course. Struggled a little bit first half, but they did beat the Dolphins. And the Colts, Vinatieri, just the laces weren't spent right. Shanks to kick. So they could have lost that game, but they did win it. But the Steelers are in good shape. I mean, there's no way they shouldn't at least contend for the division or the playoffs all the way through. Yeah. First of all, that Vinatieri shape. Man, I really hope laces don't do that much of that much of a factor before they really go that far. Uh, but but yeah, but you're right. Now they should have won that San Francisco game, man. You can't create four turnovers early in the game and not capitalize. And and you know, if they played them again, obviously the 49ers' confidence are probably so high that they probably will. You know, they probably will still win. But those games you have to win when you win a turnover margin like that. Um, I think the Ravens game, you know, uh, Hodges he he played solid when he came in the game, and who knows, Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, I, I might not be a fan of him, but he probably could have won that game against the Ravens. So, um, is you're right? They they should they should be there. They should they should stick around and, and be right there. Uh, I you know I would I would like to if they can go out there and beat the Rams. That you know because I mean because think about it, the Rams offensive line is not. Is not what it used to be. So you got Whitworth, all guys like that. But TJ Watt is having a great season, and and you, you still you still got Hayward in the middle. You you still got guys, man, who who can get to the quarterback, and they they they've been pressuring. And when you got Minka back there. You saw him nine nine yard touchdown return in the last game. You still got you still got Joe Hayden on the side, man. They they have they have guys. They have stars on that defense. Um, and, and Bush, the, the rookie linebacker, he's coming along. So. If they if they they can they can shot people because you know the Rams they still you know trying to find themselves Cooks is out Woods is having a terrible season Cooper Cup obviously can't be stopped by nobody so far in in that slot so we'll see how that goes but you know when when Jared Goff doesn't have Tom Gurley how how the Rams offense is going to go so 
they this is this is another another winnable game for them coming up. This I think you know like just like we talking about matchups is is a big part of it. And Pittsburgh to me on paper matches up real well with the, with the Rams. Well, if we're gonna go and do an earlier preview, I would take the Rams. They offer by like they should be able to scheme some up and get them a win. Should I mean should? But I, well, what, what what I'm saying is though, you know, when P- Pittsburgh have Pittsburgh having so many injuries, probably would would you know offense would stop it. This is uh you know Samuels has a couple of fumbles. He didn't look great. Uh, he, like I said, and Juju man is is like they don't even they don't even try to scheme him in in the game. Like it's they he 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 need to be just let me talk about Odell Beckham man. He he needs the ball in his hands. Like good things happen when he get the ball. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Can Juju outshine Cup? If that happens, I definitely will take the Steelers. But yeah, I probably I'm I'm believing I'm a lean Rams, but it it wouldn't it wouldn't you know shock me if it's if it's Jared Goff down three points and have to go win the game. You know, to you know they had to win the game or something like that. And Pittsburgh in position to win it. So, uh, that doesn't surprise me. So they can still come back and still win this division. Um, you know. And we'll see their struggle because you know you you still you still trying to rely on Mason Rudolph for a whole season, so uh, that's my only bigger concern. Beep beep. Page and Dan Quinn, Mike Mike Tomlin QB went down. Defense still hooping. Dan Quinn, what's your excuse? Hey, hey we well you already know Dan Quinn should have been out of there after that bye week. I don't know what. I mean, I guess they had no direction. It's kind of like, like I said, would you rather have uh, Dan Quinn as your coach or would you rather have Derek Cutter as your interim coach? <laughs> um, <laughs> so if in the AFC, we, we know Page is probably going to be the one seed. The schedule's too easy. The the Raven the Ravens as of now the two seed two games over the Steelers, uh, even though you have them probably still in the division. Chiefs. Six and three, uh, a very a very good win. Finally get a home win. Uh, they, they they was due for one. Matt Moore played a solid game. Andy Reid is, you know, he, he's still coaching without, you know, his best player on the field. And Texans, Deshaun Watson on the MVP level, uh, they beat, they beat, they they won again easily. And you know, they they won on the road technically because Jacksonville always dominates it overseas. So you know, um, that that really shocked me a lot. The Texans, uh, do you? If you if you had to choose one to lean on to be to get that home the home field advantage outside of, you know as a two seed uh where where are you leaning um uh, because it's it's kind of like you know they all they all have it they all have their problems they all have their ups and downs um uh, you can always pick pick a poison of uh you know of, of what they what a, what a team lacks but um it's it's kind of like you need the you need the buy we talked about last week when we had Sammy and George on that. The playoffs is really based off where you at. Who if you if you if you get the home field advantage, so who gets in? Why? I would think the Chiefs are more inclined to get the two seat than anyone else. The Colts are going to be without T. Y. Hilton for about three to five weeks. Jacoby just got hurt, so you're going with Brian Hoyer. Whew. And I don't even think they win a division. So uh, as Frank Wright, he's right there with Mike Tomlin for Coach of the Year because what he's doing right now, post Andrew Luck news, is He's up there, but I'm gonna go and remove the Colts. Bill O'Brien's floor and ceiling is nine to seven. So, <laughs> oh man, I'm not sure um, how the Texans fare down the stretch because I feel like at some point there's gonna be some regression because they just can't keep winning. Like the games they won, I don't think they can keep winning that way because some of the games have been close and Deshaun Watson pulls out a miracle, or when they did lose like to the Saints. Watson made a miracle, then the Saints, you know, beat the Texans defense and took it back. So 
I don't think they can keep winning that way. Um, and I'm still going to hold on to the Titans as my division winner. So I think with all that being said, and Ravens, I'm not rolling with the Ravens quite yet. So I'm going with Chiefs by default as the number two seed. Yeah, I can I, I can very well see that now. You talk about the Chiefs, you talk about Tennessee winning the division. You know they play this weekend. Mahomes may or may not play, so that'll be that'll be a key win. They go on the road. Chiefs go on the road. Then they go on the road against the Chargers team, who just came off an impressive win against the Packers. Uh, and then you know they get your Raiders, man. That you know to team you you liked all season. Uh, you know you you would you would expect the Chiefs to if they're gonna get the two seed, they need to find out they win win these games because. They get a bye, and then they take on the, the New England Patriots in New England. Uh, I think all these teams face New England, so I guess we'll already have a, at least an AFC Championship preview at some point if, if the Ravens win the division, if the Texans win the division, if, if the Chiefs win the division. We will already see what you know what we're going to see in the playoffs. Um, at, le- at least I, – I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of hard for me um, because, you know, Yes, the Chiefs had David Williams had 125 yards uh, against the Vikings, but he had one carry for 91, and then you know, but you know, a bunch of that. But can can they still run the ball effectively on a you know week to week basis? Uh, the Ravens at some point, LeBron kind of throw the ball, and then Texans. We talked about it, man. <laughs> How many Bill O'Brien's nine and seven? That's that's the floor ceiling. And can you trust Bill O'Brien in these situations to win the game, win the close games? And if Deshaun Watson wasn't on an MVP level right now, they'd probably be three and six. They'd probably be the other way around. Uh, so, you know, who who I don't I don't really don't know who I believe in the most. Like I want I wanted to believe in the Colts until Jacoby got hurt, but it's 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 kind of it's it's kind of so it's kind of so far fetched for me right now, man. I, I get I guess because Pat Mahomes is on the Chiefs, I, I'm gonna take him because he's the best player in the AFC. So. I'm a roll, I, you know, I would roll with him just because, just like you said, default, just, just because it's Pat Holmes. I would go with it because it was Andy Reid. Andy Reid's going to scheme up something. Like, he, he'll make Matt Moore look good for the time being. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he was trusting Matt Moore for a whole long season, it could be a different story. But for four or five games, Matt Moore's going to look good. I mean, Matt Moore is a you – know, it's, it's different when you it's different when you have a guy coming in like, you know, like, like Hodges for the Pittsburgh came in or Allen for the Broncos. You got somebody who's – been through it. He's been a starting league before with the Panthers back in like 2009. He so he's seen everything. He he know what he know what it is. So you know when it when you know going to Tennessee at Tennessee and they win that game wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. I don't think they. Uh, I I don't know if I would lean on it if Matt Moore was his quarterback. But you know because if you believe in Tennessee, they have to win a game like this because they have to keep tracking the AFC South. So uh, if, if the Chiefs lose this weekend coming up, that that's gonna put them at six and four. Texas, they know, won't lose. You know, they they probably won't. But hey, Tennessee, Tennessee is the team that you don't know what you're gonna get out of them. <laughs> like I, I, I like the Titans with Tannehill. I was not messing with them when they had Mario. Oh gosh, hell um, no. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they had Tannehill. That Panthers game, if anyone watches it, it was a very very winnable game. Um, suck up, missed two field goals. That that's six points off the board. And then, like, Tannehill didn't play bad, but it was just, like, certain stuff. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, the play calling wasn't good in spots. Um, the old line was breaking down in spots. But, you know, it was it was just a game where it was winnable to a certain degree, but they just didn't get points when they needed them. So it kind of, you know, cost them in the end. But uh, fantasy football players, 
fire up any Chiefs receiver because every game the Titans have played, one receiver for sure is going to get 75 or more yards. Like, that's the floor. So, so they'll probably score. When you got a dynamic weapon like Tyreek Hill, he'll probably burn for one. And they have Kelsey, Sammy. Like, fire everybody up because somebody's – maybe even two or three guys can get off against the Titans. The Titans are – I mean, they're a solid team defensively, but at the same time, every you'll look at any stat line, they have guys going for 70, 80, 100 yards on them. Like in some games, like the Odell and Landry game, you know, it was in garbage time. Both of them guys got like 70 yards against them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like I said, the AFC is so, really, really the whole NFL is so, so congested. And, you know, even, even for that as being undefeated, they only up one game. Over the, over the Saints, Page, Page is the only one who got a comfortable lead, and this this, this two seasons is going to be so so valuable because most mostly everything is predicated. You know, I I think I think I'll, if the Chiefs get the two seed, it's probably a safe thing. But anybody else get a two seed, I still trust Andy Reid and, and Mahomes to go in there and win. You know, so it's like it's like everybody else needed the Chiefs probably don't need it as much, but obviously you want you want you want the home field advantage, so. Uh, these these next few weeks, man, it, it's it's like it's like every game, every week is a playoff game. It, that's that's what it feel like to me. Like watching the Minnesota Chiefs game feel like a playoff game. Watching the Raiders and <laughs> Raiders and Lions feel like a playoff. You know, it feel like you you have to get this win or or, or else. You know, and you know, uh, it's kind it's kind of it's kind of making this seem like it's college football where if you if you lose a game, you might not you can't win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of that 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 that's so critiqued and so so. So focused that you need you need to win these games because you never know what's going to happen next. In a weird way, I feel like we're in the perfect sports bubble because this is kind of what everybody's been rooting for for the last few years. Yeah, parity. Yeah, the NBA. We don't know who's going to win it. You have six teams in the West, probably three or four in the East that could be at least be contenders. In the NFL, I think there's at least eleven teams in the NFC right now who could all make the playoffs. And then in the AFC side, you probably still have nine just because that bottom, you know, wild card spot is so crowded. So this is what everybody's been wanting for a while. It's parody. There is no New England reign of terror. There is no more Golden State Warriors or the Heatles or things like that. It's it's wide open. Yeah. And, you know, co- coming into this, we, we all thought, I mean, we meaning the general public, you know, uh, can't nobody beat New England. Uh, the four ers you know, can't be stopped. And what happened? The new wing lost lost to the Baltimore Ravens pretty sound, soundly, handily. And then the Cardinals, man, they they almost beat they almost beat them. Like if they could have got the ball, if Colorado got the ball back down three, who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like you you don't you don't know what would happen because I thought we was kind of robbed of greatness, you know, being being born right there if Calamari could got on the field and uh, see if he did something special against the four ers team, but like. It's like you can lose at any given time, and it's kind of like you know, like that movie, any given Sunday, man. If you don't bring your best, it's you know, you're viable to lose. So, uh, it's 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 gonna be wild. Um, you had the AFC West, the whole division win. We talked about AFC West being, you know, <laughs> the Raiders lost to the Texans. We're like, man, I was kind of down on them. Chargers was going south, and then the Broncos was done, especially with no Flacco. I thought they was done with, and. They all they all win. We talked about the NFC North being the, maybe the at one point we said it was, this probably could be the best division in football. Then the Bears start getting sorry. The Lions you don't know what game they're going to win. 
uh, and the Vikings and Packers both both lose to, to like to the AFC teams on the road. So it's it's a it, it is it is a it is a wild game that we you know it's kind of hard to kind of hard to put your finger on it. I mean, I think the NFC North has still been the best division. Well, no, I'll tell you the NFC, yeah. NFC West. Bears, Bears, Bears is ruining it for you. Like, they, they, if you hit Bears, could win a game or admit they had a quarterback over there. They, you know, I can agree. I can say that a bit. I just can't do it with the Bears like that. I just, man, they awful. I mean, I think they. Well, while, while we on the Bears, real quick, I want everybody to look up. Stats from 2017 to present day of Marcus Mariota and Mitch Trubisky. That's that's your homework for today. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 they'll, and and that'll tell you where Trubisky's going in his career <laughs> to the bench. But um, <laughs> and, but pretty much, man, I think the NFC West and NFC North have been the best too. And sneaky good the AFC West, man, because like. The Broncos could be better. They caught some bad breaks in some games. Yeah, they did. And and the Chargers, their talent is still there, but who knows how they would have been had Melvin Gordon been there. Like the holdout didn't happen, stuff like that. Um, Derwin James, stuff like that. And then the Raiders, they just played their first home game in a while, yeah, man. So this like, is like week two. So you know, the Raiders could be a lot better. Um, they, that Texas game was Wimbledon, and that would change their season outlook. But I think this division is sneaky good, but the the team records just doesn't um, reflect it. Yeah, I like the Raiders, man. You know, our boy Josh Jacobs happens to win in a, in, a, in a league that we both you know are, are co-owners to, and you know he gave us everything everything he had, two touchdowns. Even David Montgomery saw him behind, you know, with forty rushing yards all all game, gave us two touchdowns. But you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like man, it's. It's like can the can the Raiders when they play because uh, you know they beat the beat the Bears they beat the Lions, uh you know got you know got kind of bad badly beat by Vikings and, and the Packers, uh Char- Chargers Chargers beat the Packers and you know uh beat the Bears lost to the Lions they got the Vikings coming up soon it's kind of like they, these two divisions playing each other and we can see that most everybody going two and two you know uh <laughs> and, and you know maybe because the Lions. Almost beat Kansas City. The Bears gonna get smacked by Kansas City. It's, it's not, that's not even gonna be pretty. But um, you know, the, and the Broncos, they can. Who knows who who they beat? Cause they sh- they should have beat the Bears early in the season. They uh they play the Packers tough. Uh, they got the Lions and Vikings coming up soon. So you know, those two divisions, man. They like you you right about that. They they have been pretty tough. Yeah, man. It's just like we're just saying. It's so much. It's it's paradise. You don't know who's really good and who's not because so many teams are showing up one week or so many guys are dealing with injuries, which is part of the game, but so many guys are dealing with injuries or you're having teams getting players back. Like Melvin Gordon was actually starting to hit his stride in the game over the weekend, you know, so maybe he catches fire and who knows, but he looked – that was the most impressive he's looked since he's been back. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, So the – Lastly, uh, MVP talk, man. Uh, our boy McCaffrey, another one of our players in the uh, in our league together. He's he's carrying us, you know. He's he's been he's been dominating for the for the Panthers this season. I think I saw like a a, a tweet by Phil Yates that he's on pace for seventeen hundred rushing yards and like eight hundred receiving yards. That's that's amazing. 
and like maybe like twenty eight touchdowns. Like he's on he's on another level right now. Yeah, right now I still have Russ as the MVP, and I have Watson second, and I would have McCaffrey third. Now, is it strictly because he's running back, or because, or or, or what it is? It. Well, I would have Russ number one because he's single handedly making stars. Like this guy was throwing the ball to Hollister, whoever that is. Um, <laughs> lot, uh, he, he, I mean, he he had Will Disley looking like a top five tight end. Um, Metcalf went crazy. Um, I think Lockett is on the record pace to break all the Seattle receiving records this year. So, and then that passing game takes pressure off of Chris Carson because it's a bounce attack. So, Carson's having a good year. And then this, the stat line for Russ is it's crazy, man. So, it, I think it, it does cover up that defense, too. Yeah. So, I think Russ, um, if, if I vote today with that team record, Russ's stat line 28 touchdowns, one INT. Um, seven, seven and two, yeah, seven and two record right now. Sixty-eight percent completion percentage. And he's he's carrying Seattle. He got that team on his back. Like this dude is like a U-Haul right now, man. This dude, he, he, he carrying, <laughs> he he he's carrying everything. Like he he he's moving them into you know French Super Bowl contender status. So. I would have Russ number one, and just because everything Watson's done, he's so electric. He's made he's he's basically done the same thing as Russ, um, just I think to like a slightly lower degree. So I would have him at two. And McCaffrey's stat line is just so crazy; you have to put him in consideration. But I think with the Panthers not having or not going to have that overall success as these other two teams probably will, like Panthers probably won't even make the playoffs because they're not going to win the division. And wild card, there is 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 uploading, it's pending. <laughs> <laughs> so, so transaction pending on Panthers in the playoffs. So, of course, if he's not in the playoffs, he won't get the MVP. So, I think Russ right now uh, would for sure be MVP if if it was if it was me voting. Oh yeah, I I'm I'm riding I'm riding a bandwagon with you too. Um, I think you know I think the Mahomes injury made it made it really you know a landslide because you got to think. If Mahomes had got to play the Packers and the Vikings, let you know, let's say let's say he beat both of them, that would have elevated, you know, him 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 to the in my opinion, would elevate to the top because you're playing two good teams. And yes, it's at home, so I guess it's kind of easier. But you know, you you win those two games, and you can say, well, look who I just beat versus who Russ is beating when he you know barely escaping the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, for example, the Buccaneers. I mean, Buccaneers are a tough team offensively, but you know. He, he, Russ should go off against the uh, the the, the Tampa Buccaneers and you know something like that. You you Mahomes um, would have had the argument, you know. Um, but yeah, now now it, I don't think I don't think it's gonna be close. Twenty touchdowns and you said with one one interception, like, come on, that, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, oh my god. Well, before you go too far, I'm gonna have a rebuttal for you. Mahomes can still Mahomes can still win this award. Well, yeah, he cut like, he come back and shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> like. Like he didn't gotta come back and shut it down. Like he's still like Mahomes hasn't played two games and he's still on the same pace as Russ. Like Mahomes is completing sixty five percent of his passes, five and two other starters so far this year. Russ has twenty five hundred yards. Mahomes has two thousand one hundred eighty playing two less games, fifteen TDs, one pick. So Mahomes can still <laughs> win this award. Hey. And he can 
he can still win this award. Like it, it's not a far gone conclusion that this is gonna be Russell's award. Um, because Mahomes is so dynamic, this dude can come back and get you a couple of five TV games. And oh, yeah. now you're looking like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let, let's 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 reconsider this thing, you know. So yeah, yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes is not out of it by any means, especially if he comes back after the knee thing and starts going crazy. The narrative will just push it to me. Yeah, yeah. And then you, we talk about now he got Tyreek Hill and Kelsey when he was out here playing with guys named Pringle and, and Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> you know, like, like those those guys. Like, so yeah, you you you're absolutely right about that. And but I'm gonna say this. I'm I'm gonna say you 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 heard it here first. Is Mahomes will get the LeBron James treatment um, when it comes to this award because. Uh, we we can sit there and debate every year. LeBron James probably was the MVP because uh, you know when he leave a team, they just they nothing without him. So uh, same thing with Mahomes. That now, granted, they got Andy Reid, and it's, football is harder, so it's hard to scheme around different things. But when when Mahomes probably can win it every single year, but they're going to give it to the guy who the, emerges the most. So you know, if Russell wasn't have you know a solid year last year, now they say he's the best player in football. Boom, boom, he'll win MVP. Uh, next year, let's say, let's say, uh, who, who a team that's struggling right now? Not struggling, but you know, Phil Rivers. If he come back and charges a thirteen and three, boom, uh, he 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 can he can win it. Uh, you got Carson Wentz, who we've been saying could win MVP this year, and he was we thought he was gonna win MVP, and he you know up and down, the weapons ain't there, but boom, he can come out next year and fire. So it's gonna be every single year they're gonna try to give it to somebody else, and as long as Mahomes stay healthy, it's going it should always be his. Like I know it won't be, but it should always be. Nah, but for no matter the sport, MVP is always a narrative award. That's that's every sport. The only time you will get default for MVP is when it's just undeniable. Yeah, which we haven't seen that in a long time. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. I'm just, I'm just saying. But we when we look at it, we're gonna be like, technically, it probably should be him. Technically, it should be him. Like you know, that's what it is. So like, you're right. The narrative gonna push it like Russ's triple double. Uh, you know that you know that's gonna push it. Steve Nash when he stole those awards back in the day. So yeah, the narrative will push it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just how it is. You know, it's that's just how it is. You have to follow the story because those create ratings. KD leaves, averages a triple double, hasn't been seen since Big O. His award. Derrick Rose leads the Bulls to sixty two wins. Even though LeBron James put up the same stats as everything else before, because he went to Miami, he was the villain. He doesn't win the award. Right. So same thing. Like Mahomes comes on the scene, he's setting. A, he's on a pace like Brady was on, and Marino was on, and Peyton was on. Mahomes wins the award. So it's just all about just the the narrative and and the, and the story of that season. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, you know, we we run pretty long. So hey, uh, that's our first show for Twelve Hours uh, Sports Radio. You know, you still catch us on the podcast. Uh, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you have iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere else right there. You can catch us on Twitter at PreachCarePreach. You can catch me on my personal Twitter at Pastor uh, underscore Kevin Kev. And Rashad, what, what can I find you at? Uh, my personal Twitter is at Mr. Rashad, M-R-R-A-S-H-A-D underscore the number two, cool C double O L. You can catch us there, man, and uh, you know you you can you can catch us at our at our sports gear store uh, at shop.spreadshirt.com slash pkpwr. That's our you know, preach care preach. We're Rashad. 
uh, store. We, we got hoodies on there, shirts, t-shirts, everything like that. Uh, and everybody who got 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 an outfit so far, liked it so far. So hey, support us, man. We're 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 steady climbing. We're the profits, man. And uh, we've been predicting everything. Uh, you got anything you want to predict uh, coming up soon? Uh, no, nothing right now, man. <laughs> nothing, nothing. The, 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 the wheel not spinning right now. Let, let's see how the uh, you know how a few more headlines shake out, and then we'll be back with some more predictions and. You know, put our prophetic hats back on, GM hats back on. <laughs> Vax, uh, we will be back Thursday live at seven o'clock on Twelve Ounce Sports Radio. So tune in, man. It's, it's gonna be fun. Appreciate first ever, first episode in the books. Twelve Ounce Sports. What it do, baby? Hey, what it do? Hey, can we still say that because uh, he 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 getting trademarks and stuff? It, it ain't official yet. <laughs> what it do, baby? Hey, it's not it's not official, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. We're out. <laughs>